Hey, Reveal listeners, if you've been listening to American Rehab, you don't need me to tell you about the importance of great investigative journalism. It really helps us when our listeners rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's so easy to do, and it helps others find our show. So we've got a bonus for the next 200 people who review us, Reveal Tote Bags. Like our t-shirts, they're simple and elegant, dark blue with the word facts written across the front in bold type. So here's what you got to do. Text the word REVIEW to 474747, and we'll give you instructions on how to get one while supplies last. Again, text the word REVIEW to 474747. You can text STOP at any time, and standard rates apply. And when you leave the review, if you want to tell them that Al Ledson is your all-time favorite host, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be mad at that. Thank you so much for your review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference. From the Center for Investigative Reporting in PRX, this is Reveal. I'm Al Letson. Julia Selwyn's a public librarian in San Antonio, Texas. And I've been researching for quite a while. I used to work a little bit in politics and political surveys and also as a temporary for the Texas Ethics Commission. When we caught up with her recently, she had the day off. But rather than lounging poolside... Just give me a a moment to navigate to the spreadsheet here. She was spending time at a computer. And let's see. Closely examining this spreadsheet, she heard about it on Reveal, and now she's hooked. So I started to look into it. I think I was one of the earlier adopters of it, and it was quite intriguing. I really liked the data set that y'all compiled. It was really, really fun to do research. The data set she's talking about are the financial disclosures of more than 400 Trump administration appointees and the president himself. It's a spreadsheet of all their businesses, their investments, and their outstanding loans. Our partners at the Center for Public Integrity, CPI, put it together, and they've posted it online in a project we're calling Citizen Sleuth, because we're asking citizens, like you, to check it out and see if everything adds up. Well, I did a little bit of a survey of Jared Kushner's and Ivanka Trump's financial records. She wants to make sure that high-level members of the government, like Jared Kushner, aren't shaping policy to benefit themselves. I don't necessarily want somebody with that kind of influence, especially in a situation where it's not transparent, being able to make decisions at the highest levels of government. um, It's a, a concern to me. It was also a concern to Walter Schaub. In July, he resigned as the head of the Office of Government Ethics after clashes with the president. He said the president is creating the appearance of profiting off his position. These forms are made publicly available so that members of the public can conduct some oversight. But that system only works if people put in the time to actually take a look at these forms. And I like the work that you folks are doing to educate people on how to do that and giving them the tools to do it. These forms list all the holdings Trump disclosed. People can look at that and and try to see what they can find out there in the world to learn more about those companies and and assess from there whether they think it's a conflict of interest. And we're tracking another big question. How much is Donald Trump actually worth? When I say about the $10 billion, much more than that, but that's okay. I want it to be conservative. I'm not doing that to brag. So how much is it? And are the president and members of his administration being transparent? 
reveals Amy Walters has been working with CPI on this project, and she takes it from here. Let me start by telling you a little bit about how big data projects like this one are done. There's this one guy who's pretty important to know. He's tall and he's got bright red hair. You'd think he'd be hard to miss. So P, X, yeah. But actually, he's kind of hard to spot. He's usually hidden behind his computer screen. It's just the glamorous work of a data journalist. The job may not be super glamorous, but Chris Zabaksky's prefers accuracy. Well, here is actually the error. And accuracy is critical when working with this kind of stuff. When Jared Kushner, President Trump's son-in-law, submitted his original forms, there were some assets he forgot. Jared Kushner omitted up to at least 70 assets. Kushner later reported those assets. But you might be wondering why he or anyone else in the administration is required to submit these forms. Most of the ones we're talking about right now are filed by government employees when they enter government service. The disclosures list, like, who they previously worked for, what kinds of investments they have, what sources of income they've had. And what money they owe. And the reason for all this is so that the public can understand what, if any, conflicts of interest uh, these folks might have. Trump's own money is tied up in more than 500 investments. And that's just Trump. There's also his billionaire education secretary. Betsy DeVos has a huge list of assets. Jared Kushner has a very long list of assets. I don't know if it's quite as long as Trump. Plus lots of other folks you haven't heard of. Senior advisors, deputy assistants, liaisons. They all have to file these forms. I'm scrolling here through page after page of of these, uh, and let me see what the... Still, it was too much for one guy. And so what we've decided to do is conscript a team of people in the newsroom. That's Carrie Levine, one of CPI's political reporters. So that way we can have a perfectly accurate set of sortable disclosures in a usable format that we can mine for stories, that we can mine for patterns, that we can mine for trends. There's a sort of uh, all-in history with the center on large projects where if something really needs to get done, then, uh, you know, everybody pitches in. Even the boss. Hi, I'm John Dunbar. I'm the CEO with the Center for Public Integrity. John says getting these disclosures in front of the public is important because these people are part of the wealthiest administration in modern history. And there's a lot to keep track of. People who are not just a little bit rich, but stunningly rich and have so many assets. President himself, who is not divested from his stunning array of assets, it's absolutely possible. And, you know, I would dare to say probably likely that they're going to be influenced by their own holdings in terms of their behavior in the public sector. If we can find people who have detailed knowledge of assets, the members of the Trump cabinet, as well as appointees, as well as Trump himself have, it'll really help us to find out whether there are real conflicts out there. But to get people to help, we had to get this spreadsheet in front of a lot of people. So veteran White House reporter Christina Wilkie jumped into the project and our editorial meeting via conference call. Hi, I'm Christina. Her D.C. journalism chops have gained her more than 60,000 Twitter followers. And those followers can help us spread the word by sharing this spreadsheet that Chris designed with the public. We're basically going to try to set this up with the feeling of a scavenger hunt. Each cell of the spreadsheet is a clue to the administration. 
The way we've set it up is that you will type in a comment and that comment will be pasted in the spreadsheet right away. And so everyone will be able to see what everyone else is doing, is finding, working on. And as these officials develop policies... It becomes a sort of immediate database and resource for potential conflicts for policies that we haven't even thought about yet. It's, it's really for the benefit of everybody. So if the Trump administration enacts a policy, all we have to do is look at the spreadsheet to see if that policy is making money for people in his administration. Then we can investigate whether there's a real conflict. On July 6th, a Thursday night, everything was finally ready to go. We just had one worry. Would anyone see it? <laughs> you know, we, we besieged the public. Give us work to do. At 5 a.m. Friday, Citizen Sleuth went live. Just around that same time, Chris Zubaksky's was waking up. It's uh, 5.21 a.m. And uh, there are about seven people on the story. And four of them are in the spreadsheet. So that's something. Things picked up from there. It's 3.06 on Saturday afternoon. And my two-year-old son might be waking up, but we were at the park this morning and I had to turn off my phone because it was blowing up with, um, with notifications that people had added things to the spreadsheet. And when I sat down about a half an hour ago, we had 57 new comments. Oh, I think I have to go. Within a few days, Christina had big news for our next editorial call. Our first is that Steve Bannon failed to list the creditors on four of his mortgages worth more than $2 million. This, of course, was while Bannon was still working for the White House, which is no longer the case. That's a $2 million mistake. So Christina followed up. Hi, Elaine. My name is Christina Wilkie. By calling the Office of Government Ethics. And they confirmed there is a requirement to disclose creditors. I guess you could say, big deal. He didn't list something about his mortgages. So why does it matter? Well, we asked Walter Schaub. He ran the Office of Government Ethics. He's the guy who resigned after bumping heads with the president. The concept of disclosing the source of a loan or, a li- or any other sort of liability is very important on a financial disclosure report uh, because it enables the agency ethics officials to evaluate potential conflicts of interest with the lender. And with the help of our citizen sleuths, we were able to find the properties and the lender, J.P. Morgan Chase. But when Christina contacted the White House for comment, something strange happened. We heard back from a private public relations person who had represented Bannon in the past and had also represented his former employer, Breitbart News. The name of the PR person who contacted us is Alexandra Priade. What wasn't clear was how she was being paid. Christina gave Alexandra a call. Hey, um, so a question has come up since the story ran, and that is, um, who paid for you to call me about, about Steve's finances? 
Neither Alexandra nor Bannon would answer. Her firm did respond, saying Bannon is not paying Alexandra directly. If she's doing the work for free, Bannon could be breaking the law because it's seen as accepting a gift. You can't accept hotels, free hotels. You can't accept a fancy car. And you can't accept the services of a plumber or a professional communications person. Those are, that's how the rules are. And they're very well known and they're very strict. So Christina called the White House for comment. They refused her calls. Bannon's ousting was caused in part by his reputation for acting outside the chain of command. Since the Center for Public Integrity ran that story about Bannon, the Campaign Legal Center, where Walter Schaub now works, called on the White House, the Department of Justice, and the Office of Government Ethics to investigate. Project Citizen Sleuth also uncovered Trump appointees with thousands of dollars in student loan and credit card debt and officials taking a government salary who still owe money to the IRS. There's still one big question out there. How much is President Trump worth? So you asked me to figure out how much money Donald Trump was worth? That's CPI's data guy, Chris Zubaksky's again. And the answer is I can't really do that. But Chris was able to come up with a number, a minimum value for his assets. I can uh, look at his public financial disclosure and uh, tell you what's on that, uh, which uh, lists a, a minimum of one billion four hundred twenty-eight million four hundred eighty-one thousand. A minimum of $1.4 billion. We don't know the actual value because these financial disclosures aren't as specific as that sounds. We'd have a much better idea of Trump's net worth if he released his tax returns. But he hasn't done that. These forms aren't designed for the Trump administration. They're not designed for the super rich. Take Trump's hotels, for example. The president listed a lot of them as being worth more than $50 million, because that's the highest amount you can list on the form. But the hotels could be worth hundreds of millions. We just don't know yet. But we're going to keep digging, and we'll be updating that number as we get more information. Christina says the president has a history of keeping his finances a secret. Everything about Trump's experience in business is private. He ran a private company. He inherited a private company. He doesn't report to shareholders. He has a very deep sense as a person that he has a right to keep this secret and go to hell if you'd like to to get it from him. But now, as the president of the United States, his obligations are to the American people. And according to Walter Schaub, who put together these forms, you have a right to find out what his assets are. We're talking about people making decisions in government that are going to affect real live human beings. So if I'm the government official deciding whether your water should be clean enough to drink, I shouldn't have a financial interest in your water staying dirty and unsafe to drink. And that's why we still need your help. Here's CPI's John Dunbar again. 
If you're a teacher, maybe you want to take a close look at what Betsy DeVos is reporting. If you're an accountant, maybe you want to look at the Treasury Secretary's disclosure. Absolutely anybody on Wall Street, anybody in the banking industry, anybody who's a lawyer, uh, anybody who has any kind of expertise in foreign investment, you know, and ask yourself, is this somebody who's going to be working to further their own best interests or are they going to be working to further the interests of the people who are out there who voted for him, who are working their rear ends off, paying taxes. If you want to try your hand at being a citizen sleuth for Reveal, here's what you can do. Go to the website, publicintegrity.org slash citizen sleuth. If you turn up any leads, we'll follow up on them. Again, that's publicintegrity.org slash citizen sleuth. Thanks to John Dunbar and the whole team at the Center for Public Integrity, including Dave Leventhal, Chris Zubaksky's Christina Wilkie, and Carrie Levine. Reveals Amy Walters produced that story for us. We want to thank our friends at Christopher Kimball's Milk Street Radio for supporting our show. On the Milk Street Radio podcast, each episode travels the world to find bolder, easier ways to cook from a warm bowl of hummus in Tel Aviv to grilled chicken in Thailand. The show also goes into the Milk Street Kitchen with host Christopher Kimball for tips, techniques, and recipes. Subscribe to Milk Street Radio on Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, or wherever you get your podcasts, plus on your local public radio station. Today's show was edited by Suzanne Reber, Cheryl Duvall, and Deb George. This week's production team includes Fernanda Camarena and Mawenda Hasey. Special thanks to the Center for Public Integrity, who partnered with us on today's show. CPI received support for the school pollution stories from the Dennis A. Hunt Fund for Health Journalism and the National Fellowship, both programs of the University of Southern California Center for Health Journalism. Our sound design team is the Wonder Twins, my man, Jay Breezy, Mr. Jim Briggs, and Claire C. Note Mullen, with help from Catherine Raimondo. Our head of studio is Krista Scharfenberg. Amy Powell's our editor-in-chief. Suzanne Reber is our executive editor, and our executive producer is Kevin Sullivan. Our theme music is by Camarado, Lightning. Support for Reveals provided by the Reven David Logan Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Heising Simons Foundation, and the Ethics and Excellence in Journalism Foundation. Reveal is a co-production of the Center for Investigative Reporting and PRX. I'm Al Letson, and remember, there is always more to the story.